This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Round the Boards, updates from Dunedin City Community Boards on ORFM, Dunedin's awesome morning show. Joining us on the line now to quote it all about all things peninsula related with the Taika Peninsula Community Board, Paul Pope joins us again. Morena, Paul, good to have you with us. Morena, Jeff, how are you today? I'm very well indeed. Spring has sprung. We've already uh, had a conversation with Tahu McKenzie about about the wonders of spring, and uh, I, I imagine also for um, a peninsula residents, spring's a pretty special time. Uh, be mindful of all the the activity that's happening with um, with the creatures that live out on the peninsula too. I imagine, Paul. Oh, yeah, look, it's been, it is a busy time, and um, COVID has been kind of a, a weird interruption and everything else like that. I think um, I, I described COVID, the lockdown to my wife, as, um, as sort of like enforced gardening leave, um, to be honest. Um, and I think that's another reminder that spring really is here. But um, recently we've had uh, an inter- very interesting visitor uh, to the Peninsula, and that was a leopard seal, something I've never, I've actually never seen a leopard seal on the Otago Peninsula before. Uh, and uh, we, we happened to catch upon that on Allen's Beach recently. It was quite something. They're quite uh, distinctive, aren't they? They've got a very different shaped head and and body compared to the New Zealand sea lion. And uh, this one was, uh, they're quite large too. That was the other thing that uh, struck me. A very long body and, um, and a very different sort of shaped head and, and body to compare to the New Zealand sea lion. Well, as always, we just uh, want to reinforce it. Take great care and caution, and when you're out and about on the peninsula exploring those beautiful nooks and crannies and beaches, uh, just be mindful and respectful of the uh, wildlife uh, that call that place home, because it really is something that we can all enjoy as long as we respect it. Yeah. Um, Paul, uh, let's talk about the physical environment again. You wanted to touch base around the issue of preparedness for some of the wilder weather we might get. Oh, look, lately uh, we've had some terrific winds here. I mean, uh, was it last week uh, the wind, I think, blew nearly 100 kilometres an hour uh, from the west? And I had to go down to Harwood because the tide was high at the same time. And the actual water was actually being driven over the seawall and almost towards the properties on Tidewater Drive. And it was sort of touch and go. I, I ended up ringing civil defence and saying, look, nothing's happening at the moment. The tide's going to turn, uh, but just be aware that uh, we have houses that are potentially in quite a difficult situation here. And it, it always reminds me that um, being prepared uh, for civil defence and other emergencies is really, really important when you're at home because the reality is if we have a civil defence emergency, and there's a very good chance that you may be at home for a few days, uh, possibly without services uh, and possibly without um, uh, you know, options to get to food and everything else like that. So having a basic uh, kit of, of bits and pieces at your house is, is essential. I think the other thing too that it struck me was during that really windy weather, the power went out. And with only within a few hours, that the contractors had the power restored. And I think it goes to show how reliant we are on those men and women who provide those sorts of jobs, whether it be cleaning up the roads, whether it be putting the power back on, uh, those sorts of things. And um, 
we were pretty fortunate, I think, uh, this time around. Um, but that's not to say that that won't happen again. And um, yeah, just a salutary reminder that we do need to be prepared for those emergencies. So having a little bit of extra water, having some some extra food. Uh, some candles and, and a torch and all those sorts of things are pretty handy things to have in your in your uh, in your laundry laundry cupboard. Yeah, pretty essential for everyone, really, Paul. But uh, yeah, when you take it out onto the peninsula and consider how very quite easily you could be uh, cut off for several days, and we've seen that in the past before yep, too, haven't we? We have. Yeah, we have, and and um, yeah, we've had some big slips and, and some floods and, and those sorts of things, and uh, yeah, we 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 would muddle through, but um, at the same time, uh, being able to be self-supporting and, and uh, self-sufficient in, in your own supplies for a period is probably something that we need to be mindful of. Paul, you wanted to touch on uh, community board funding and uh, perhaps demystify for listeners a little bit around how community boards spend that money. Well, we get uh, we get allocated ten thousand dollars a year, basically for uh, board and community projects, um, and each board has a slightly different way of doing dealing with that. Um, but in general, uh, almost all of our money goes into little projects and things around the community. But the other thing we also do is we have um, scholarships for secondary school children uh, who uh, are looking to go to uh, events or to undertake further study. And we've had some really great ambassadors uh, over the last few years of different students who have done some amazing things. Um, Some of them have done science work, some of them have done spirit of adventure uh, we've got um, uh, a young lad going to the Special Olympics very shortly um, uh, in here in COVID, COVID uh, pending, I suppose. But um, and, and other other kids that do other different things, they they make representative teams. Um, and while the board's contribution as a scholarship is relatively small, it's about three hundred dollars. Um, it's a really great way for us to get in touch with what our young people are doing and also um, the fact that they are representing uh, our area. And one of the conditions of the scholarship is they come back to one of the local schools here in the peninsula, usually the one that they've been to, and uh, they talk about the things that they've done and the things that they've achieved through the scholarship. And uh, we get to hear that too, and it's it's a rather great way to uh, keep in touch with what's going on. Ten thousand dollars, not a huge amount of money, but you, uh, you 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 spend it wisely, you stretch it out uh, as far as you can. Yeah, we we do, and 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 we tend to what we often do is we we tend to often give small grants that act as seeding funding for larger grants later on, or you know we've had groups that have wanted to raise money towards defibrillators. Um, we put money into uh, you know completion some projects with you know for different art projects and other bits and pieces. Uh, we do some safety work. We recently put on the new um, safety buoy and storage um, facility for um, Cape Saunders, which is a very popular but very dangerous place for people to go fishing. So we put the money into that to replace uh, because some people we've had some serious issues there from time to time. So we, we put the money, little bits of money into that and um, it's kind of nice and sometimes you go around and you visit different uh, organisations or schools or, or people who have actually benefited from these little bits of money. So it's an easy way to um, keep in touch with the community but it's also easy for the community to uh, apply 
and all of our application processes are on the our website, um, which is on the council website as well for community boards. Just finally, Paul, you wanted to take a moment to doff your cap, say uh, a bit of a thank you to some people out there in our communities. Look, uh, lockdown, uh, I guess lockdown you know, 2102 is, is really a, a number two, is, it has been a bit awkward for people. Um, and like I say, I, I I took the positive spin on it that was like being an enforced gardening lead. My garden's looking fantastic, actually. Uh, I probably did pulled more gardening than I did paperwork, to be honest. But um, the other thing too is that uh, in amongst all of that, like I said before, we had the the power was cut off. We had the the contractors come down and fix the power. Our fire brigade volunteer fire brigade is still very active our sole charge policemen, but also um, the local stores, pharmacy, garage, uh, the medical facilities, all of those things still operate during lockdown. And um, look, it's just amazing, as I say, just what those how, how much you realise uh, when you're in lockdown, how much you real, um, really uh, need those services in our community. And um, yeah, I'm pretty, been pretty thankful uh, to um, to have those, and I think everybody else has as well. And yeah, yeah, just a real special shout out to all of those people who run those services because without them, uh, we would be lost here on the Otago Peninsula. Yeah, kia ora. well said, Paul. Thanks so much for joining us again here for Round the Boards, and we look forward to catching up with the Otago Peninsula Community Board again in four weeks' time. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, have a great day. That was Round the Boards, updates from Dunedin City Community Boards on ORFM, Dunedin's awesome morning show. For more information about Dunedin's six community boards and contact details, visit the Dunedin City Council website, dunedin.govt.nz or phone 477-4000. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.